own. And I genuinely believe because I've seen it that big brands don't get that. I was in a session this morning talking about awards. I'm like, I don't give a shit about awards. I don't care. The only award that I care today is give me the YouTube thingy. Hey, everyone. Today, we're having Alex Adelino on the show, a creative director turned creator. We actually had Alex on, uh, I think, about four years ago when he was creative director at Timeform. And Alex is uh, somebody that has a lot of experience in traditional advertising and filmmaking. But he gradually evolved to this creator world and that's exactly what we'll dive into today what is the creator economy and what can we learn from it for branding and marketing so buckle up and let's talk branding before we dive in some uh, exciting news together with hola brief i developed a brand audit template for creative agencies in my own experience of working with existing brands, I think one of the most overlooked but powerful services is a brand audit. It allows you to get a good idea of the strengths and weaknesses of your or your client's brand and start shaping the future of the brand from a solid foundation. You can check out my custom and easy to use brand audit template I developed with the Hola Brief today and discover many more strategic exercises and templates to collaborate with you and your clients and create kick-ass briefs. Visit holabrief.com slash Steph or find the link in the show notes. That's holabrief.com slash Steph. Now let's get back to the podcast. Hi everyone. Hi Alex. How are you? Hello, Steph. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited. Actually, you, you're coming back on the podcast after like, I don't know, we just chatted about it, but probably five years ago. So that's that's super exciting. But maybe for the people that weren't listening back in the day, shame on you. Um, <laughs> like, could you introduce yourself quickly? Who is Alex Antolino? Yes, so Alex Antolino is a creative director turned creator. So I started mm. my journey as a filmmaker. I had a film studio. I was working with international brands, doing branded content for them, and then farther down the line, um, advertisement for TV and stuff like that. So work on that traditional advertisement world with agencies, companies directly. And then super randomly, I ended up working at Typeform, which is this big tech company, um, online forms. You probably heard of it. And I've joined the company when they were 30 people. I feel like now they're like 500 employees or something like that. <laughs> so I've seen the crazy growth of that company and I established their creative team and became the creative director there. And then I focused on branding and creative direction as my main thing. And more recently, I stopped working with them and decided to start my journey as a creator. And I think we were going to talk about this, um, but basically like, super excited about, you know, um, the new way of advertisement that I, that I see a lot of brands can tap into. So this is me in a nutshell, and that's why I like to present myself as a creative director turned creator. Yeah, love that story. Well, maybe first let's let's get some some well definitions down i think that the one thing I'd, <laughs> I'd love to know is you know creator and maybe also a creator economy as that's you know often linked to it could you ex quickly elaborate on on what that means for you 
Yeah, so big disclaimer here. Everything I'm going to share is just my opinion. Um, and mm -hmm. the, all of this is like changing so much and like happening so quickly. So at the end of the day, we're all trying to like share, like give names and like come up with our own definitions. So the way I look into it, a creator is someone that spends the majority of their time making content. And they might build a business around it and start different, you know, selling different things and have different revenue streams. But the way I look at creators is people who spend most of their time making content and content is their main product. The creator economy is the economy that's emerged out of that profession. So from services for creators, tools, uh, relationship between creators and brands that impact advertisement and in my opinion are transforming traditional advertisement and whatnot one more thing i want to share about this is and i think it's very very important that we establish that from the very beginning for everyone listening is the difference between a creator and an influencer the way i look mm -hmm. into it i'm just i just use the words as a reference an influence someone that influences people right very straightforward <laughs> But when you hire an influence, you hire for reach. A creator is someone that creates content. The reason why I talk about this is because a lot of these words are usually like exchange. And when I see that a lot working, like talking with brands and the way I look into it is if it's like traditional advertisement, you would hire, you would like buy space on a broadcasting channel, right? That mm -hmm. to me is what you do when you work with an influencer. They don't necessarily need to know how to make content. Some of them do, but some of them are like maybe artists or models or actors, actresses, you know what I mean? Um, they don't necessarily mm -hmm. need to know how to make a carousel <laughs> or a YouTube short or a TikTok. <laughs> um, they just need to have the, the, the audience so you can tap into that. A creator is the opposite. They know how to make the content but maybe they don't have a massive audience. So when you work with a creator, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to reach their audience or it's, you don't, you're not looking for reach. Um, you're actually looking for those skills that creators have. So I just want to establish mm. that because I think that's very important. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, distinction. I'm, I'm wondering, like, of course, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of everything that's happening in this space. I follow, I've been following... Mr. Beast and, you know, Colin and Samir and, and people who describe what's going on in this, this space and, and you, of course. Um, why is it relevant for, let's say, the people listening, brand managers, marketers, brand strategists to know about this stuff and, and to maybe to, to work with creators or maybe we could talk about that or become creators. That's a, another level, but just let's start with the basic question. Why is this relevant for, for brands? I love this question. And it's the, actually the main reason why I shifted my career working as a creative director. I had to um, do a lot of advertisement for Typeform and also for other brands. And I realized that the traditional way um, of doing advertisement is you create good creative and then you buy space and you buy attention from people who don't know you yet to watch that creative so they are more likely to buy your products. That's how I see traditional advertisement mm -hmm. has worked. Mm -hmm. What is interesting about creators and the creator economy is that 
there's now this amazing opportunity that didn't exist five, 10 years ago, that if you're actually good at making content and like understanding the platform you're using to distribute that content, not only you might be able to reach huge amounts of people for free, but some of these platforms will actually pay you to do that. And that to me is why this is relevant. Mr. Beast, when he needs to launch his chocolate brand, Feasibles, can go into his YouTube channel, make a video about it called whatever Charlie Chocolate Factory, whatever he did a few weeks ago, a month ago. And, uh, and now he is not only getting free exposure for his new brand, but actually getting paid by YouTube for that traffic, which is incredible in my opinion. That's why it's so relevant to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can see the value. And, and on the one hand, I think, I mean, we're all looking into ways to get, uh, let's say, to reach a lot of people for not a lot of money. I mean, that's the challenge almost <laughs> every smaller brand has. And, and that's, I think, one of the, the biggest ways. And, and sometimes we look into being more creative, being more crazy. Sometimes we spend a little bit more. Sometimes we play with, with these channels. So so it's an interesting challenge. And, and I think what you say is that creators or, or creating content can be a way out of here. One thing I'm, I'm wondering, though, this is a, let's say a critical note, I warned you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for uh, it. Bring it on. Uh, I mean, this is the argument you, you'll probably heard before, but Mr. Beast and, and and we could talk about other creators. There's a lot of creators where you, if you listen to the, the backstories of how they, how they rose to fame, let's say, it's always, well, a lot of times at least, it's, you know, I was in my, in my uh, attic for five or 10 years putting out videos nobody watched. And I'm right. and and they they slowly slowly grew into this exponential audience, but is this feasible for you know businesses? Can they afford to take that long? Are there shorter routes? Like, how can we do this? So I'm gonna give you a very simple metaphor. It's like apartments and housing and real estate. Mm -hmm. You have two options when you need to move out of your parents. You have two options, whether you buy a house or apartment or whether you rent. If you rent an apartment, you can have for a very reduced amount of money that you pay regularly an expense mm -hmm. on your monthly budget. Um, you can have um, a place to live in and you can do that for as long as you want. You can also do that immediately. So you could literally look for an apartment and um, have it in a week or two. On the other side, you have buying a house or buying an apartment. This will be very, very energy draining. <laughs> if you've never mm -hmm. done it before, the risk is high and it'll take you a while and maybe you even need to partner with professionals to do that. Also, it'll cost you a lot of money. Um, a lot of money. You might even have to borrow money to do that. And you might take years, a lot of years to pay for it. So why do people do it? The reason why people buy real estate is because they believe in the idea that at some point this will pay off and they will stop paying to live somewhere and 
just have it forever. Not even that, but they also can actually start getting paid for it at some point. This is how I look at content. You can use paid advertisement as if it was your rent um, <laughs> and it's a business expense and you can do that as often as you want and invest as much as you want. The more you pay, the bigger the apartment and that's hmm. it. That's it's an expense the way, but you have it immediately, right? You get the traffic immediately. Mm -hmm. The way I look at organic content, it's like if you, you're buying a house, you invest, like you say, it's a very long time. Um, and you invest in acquiring and learning those skills, hoping that one day this will have a big impact on your brand, whether that's your personal brand or your business brand. And um, for these creators, it, it even pays them back. Obviously, that's like the pro league, right? But that's <laughs> yeah. how I think about it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting... It, it it does. I mean, I can see from a personal experience. I mean, I've been doing this this podcast and and being sharing my thoughts for I don't know five years or longer since we had a, a chat so long ago. Yeah. And and I can obviously see the benefits. Like in the long term, you start to feel to get more and more out of it. So I, I can there's there's clear value for me i think what what i'm still struggling with and and i think we can get into that is how to do that at businesses that need to grow you know fast you know you've been at at type four you've been at tech yeah. scale-ups where you know growth 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 we need to right. grow 100 150 percent like the slow game isn't always an option and that's fine i guess mm -hmm. but i'm wondering like is there things we can learn still from from that creator space and and maybe the biggest question i have there sorry to interrupt is is do we go and hire then you know those creators that already have built audiences is that the way for for growth or is it still like no just go in for the long run and at the same time do your growth stuff if it's needed so I love this. This is a, to me, I see it as a balance, right? Sometimes it's the same thing to build up on the analogy we, we were just talking about with the apartment is like, can you actually buy a house when you're like 16, 18 and you're like moving out of your parents? Probably not. <laughs> like I, I wasn't like, I wasn't able to do that. And, and most people mm -hmm. cannot afford to do that. Why? Because even if you were for some reason able to get a loan, um, it's a massive risk. You don't know if you're going to have a job. So should you just buy a home day one and move into it? Like maybe not. So I look at this, I look at this in the same way. Do you need to grow fast and do you have time to do your organic content? Well, Maybe not. So if you need to grow fast, you can still do paid ads. So I'm not again mm -hmm. against buying attention. Um, um, but I think it's important to understand that it's a balance. And most brands actually invest like 90% in buying that attention and have no plan on reversing that, which is costing them too much money. I've seen like every like company spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on paid advertisement. Their organic content sucks. And that's the, the, that's the brand. Like, that's what they do. And there's mm -hmm. no plans on acquiring these creator skills. What's interesting about the creator skills, which we can talk about that, whether you're going to learn those skills or acquire them by partnering with a creator that has those skills already, is 
if you learn those skills, the magic of engagement is that works for both paid and organic, which is mm -hmm. something that I don't hear enough people talking about. Most companies, because of our perceived, like preconceived idea of what a NAT is, and I've, 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 I've been there, so I'm like, I, I'm guilty of doing this before, um, is when we do paid advertisement, we go, we go into like, quote unquote, advertising mode, which means <laughs> let's do these super like cool designs and blah, 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 spend money on like these fancy, these all actually backfires most of the time. If you learn creator skills and how to engage in a way that's relatable, you can still buy the attention. But if you engage with your creative assets in the way the creators do, now you're going to get way higher ROI, I can guarantee. And I've seen it and I've tested um, with just like classical, traditional, like promotion for like a product that we launched with a brand. Um, and just a selfie video with for the same thing. And it was an A-B <laughs> test, like for a paid ad. We got seven times more engagement, three times higher click-through rate with the video that was shot on my phone for like a minute and then no edit, no color correction, no nothing, no design. A-B testing against a produced trailer for the product that took a long time to shot, film, blah, 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 edit, blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is these creator skills are great, obviously, for organic leveraging the opportunity that is there for everyone to grasp on these platforms now that they're fighting for attention and trying to become the category kings for um, short video, especially. But also, they're great mm -hmm. to actually make your ads better. <laughs> if you're actually going to buy attention, which is only going to be more expensive in the future and less effective because people are figuring out, oh, actually, organic content, blah, blah, blah. Um, at least learn how to make content, <laughs> make it engaging, <laughs> uh, and, and make it useful. Yeah. This, I mean, one part of me <laughs> is, is so anno annoyed by this because I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I want to make beautiful, well-produced stuff. Like really I'm obsessed with, you know, the, the grading, the cinematography, you know, you're a filmmaker, so you probably that's have awesome. that as well. Yeah. And, 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 and that's so annoying because you realize that, like I think you, I saw you say this in some video. Like Mr. Beast's videos look like shit. I mean, it's true. Well, they do. Of course, <laughs> the, the the production uh, value is there in the sense that they're throw exploding buses and stuff. Yeah, it's not like it's yeah, uh, right. just uh, him and him in his bedroom. Yeah, got but still, buddies, you know, they're, yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah, it's still like it, it's still shit from a from a film perspective. And so this is kind of interesting. What you're saying is like look at the style uh, and the, the tricks that creators are using and apply that to even your paid ads and content. And it reminds me of, um, I saw this ad recently uh, from, from uh, Hilton Hotels with Paris Hilton on TikTok and was like a <laughs> super weird, hilarious, like TikTok style video. And I mean, it, it apparently it, it totally exploded. But yeah, this was a great <laughs> example of 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 what you're saying. Like, use those the, that language, and you will get better, uh, tra uh, you know, attraction on it. So I think that's very interesting, and it, it kind of solves the question I was really wondering about: Do we hire people to do this uh, because we can't really do it authentically as a brand, or do we? learn and still create the content as a, as a brand team. I don't know if you have more thoughts on, on like how to do this as a you I know, do. brand team. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a lot of thoughts. So 
I will talk about this in a second, but let me drop what's probably going to be the biggest bomb that I'm going to drop in this episode, Ooh, which is... We need some, we need some music. Just, <laughs> let's do it. What, what <laughs> you just said... I Perfect. Perfect setup. What you just said is the main reason why brands suck at content. And let's, I want to stop here for a second because I've, I've gone through this. Like you say, my background is on film. Actually, when I went to film school, when I was 18 years old, I studied cinematography. So my mm. life I spent before Typeform trying to make things pretty beautiful. We'd spend two days shooting for like a 15, 30 minutes, th sorry, seconds commercial, right? That was mm -hmm. my life. So that's why I'm talking about this transition because I've experienced that on my on my own. And I mm. genuinely believe because I've seen it that big brands don't get that. I was in a session this morning talking about awards. I'm like, I don't give a shit about awards. <laughs> I don't care. The only award that I care today is give me the YouTube thingy. People yeah. who are actually watching my stuff, people who are engaging. My award is my retention graph. Is that over 80%? That's an award for me because that means people actually care about what I'm saying. Before, when you didn't have that feedback on TV, radio, newspapers, where there's no audience feedback, of course you need an award. You need some like validation from the authority that what you're doing is good. But we don't need that anymore. I mean, it's good that it's there. Like, I know people are going to jump on my neck now. But um, <laughs> my point here, and I'm being very bold because I generally believe that, if you look at these big brands, um, who is running the brand for these companies? It's not like an 18-year-old kid from their toilet. <laughs> it's someone <laughs> that's been trained for like years. It's been running brands for like a zillion of more years. And now you're telling these people that the whole advertisement paradigm is changed and that the rules that they were trained and, 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 be, and became successful and awarded by are not valid anymore and they don't they don't work like that anymore and this is a massive hit for the ego and i experience this every single day that i pick up my phone and record myself for make to make a content for instagram and it's not yeah, easy people but that's the reason <laughs> why these brands are struggling so much to make content because they want to be perfect but we don't live in the era of perfect anymore at least for brand awareness we live in the era of relatability. And if Mr. Beast, who is a millionaire and is the king of YouTube at this moment, because he's the most followed uh, creator out there on YouTube, is actively lowering down the production values, make, their video, make his videos look like shit, um, he's doing this by design. He's not, he's not doing this by accident. So yeah. that's, to me, the most critical thing about all of this and the transition that we all need to go through. And if you want to make, I love beautiful things, but then go make a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're doing advertisement, <laughs> the thing you should care about is, is this engagement? People want to watch this. Are people interested in my product? Like all these kind of things. And, but I have good news for you. There's a place, and this I learned running the Video Ask brand. There's a place for high production value content. It's just not the first touch point. And I'm going to explain this real quick. There's a moment for you to show off. 
it's right before people buy from you. Mm. So there's a moment for, if you're running a gym, there's a moment for like the hot photography. There's a moment for the cool shots. Or if you have a hotel, we were talking about the hotels a minute ago. There's a moment for the, the nice aerial shot, but it's just not at the first touch point. Because if you do that, you come across as salesy <laughs> and you come across as like, it's hmm. an ad. We don't want to watch ads. Nobody likes ads. That's why I'm like trying to change advertisement because we need to talk about our stuff, obviously, because we need to grow our brands and our businesses. But let's just get rid of this idea of the ads. Stuff needs to be integrated on valuable content like Mr. Beast does with Feastables. It's not an ad, but it's there to promote something. And that's the mindset yeah. I'm trying to like move to. That's that's really interesting. By the way, I, I just, uh, before we got on this conversation, I, I popped a question on Twitter, which was basically about what you're just saying. Like, what is really the difference between content and advertising and, and i like the fact that for what you said earlier it's not per se about paid versus not paid it's mm -hmm. more about the language and like almost the the unwritten signaling that happens with a certain style of Correct. you know ads and then content and that's that's a, a very interesting thing and I, I i mean there's a lot of marketing science that talks about the importance of unconscious like how we actually make decisions is 95% done by our unconscious brain and I think what you're mm -hmm. saying is this this is actually why it's working so good is because you're signaling hey it's not an ad I'm not selling you anything look at me and and I, I really love that maybe if you have some some like really let's say practical tips and tricks on how to actually create then let's say engaging content like what are some things we can work on today to make this feel less adsy and more <laughs> authentic. And those are tricky words to use, but. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I really appreciate you being so technical about this because I'm the less technical person in the planet. And so I love that there's like science that supports this. I just don't know how, like how to explain it. The way I talk about this is from a sociology perspective, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I always say brands are like people. So don't do as a brand what you would never do as a person in real life. Um, when people do ads, quote unquote, and that's why like, I'm, I'm saying advertisement is dead. When I say traditional advertisement, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you cannot buy attention. You sometimes mm -hmm. need to buy attention. That's totally fine. I'm just saying advertisement as an idea is dead and will be, it's dying progressively it's a transition but it's dying and it's just the way that doesn't mean that we cannot talk about our products or services anymore we have to because we need to grow our businesses but mm -hmm. it's merging this into valuable messages and um, stories and i think i can give you a philosophy that i use um, so people can like, if you're listening to this, you can, you know, try to implement that when you're thinking about the content, but basically the idea, and then we maybe can give you a couple of examples, but the idea here is if, if you wouldn't show up at a party of people who you don't know, flexing and talking about yourself, don't do it as a brand. <laughs> it's just as it's literally as simple as that. Yet every single brand is doing it. Every single brand is like, hey, we released this new feature, um, buy this, discount shit, blah, blah, blah. You would never do that. Like on a part of people who, especially if they don't know you, everyone be like, who's that jerk? So mm -hmm. why do you think it's going to work as a brand? 
we're humans anyways. So it doesn't make sense to me when I see like these ads or like I'm trying to like help people change their mindset. I give them these. I'm like, and they're like, oh my God, you're so right. But how do we do it? I'm like, well, figure it out. Like <laughs> this is like, this is the, this is what we're trying to figure out with the, like the creator advertisement and all of that. It's like, how can you build this connection first? Because you would never like, it's like knocking on a door and these knowing people that like maybe like they knock on your door and like try to sell you something. And you're like, oh my God, did I really open the door? And I'm like going through this now. This is literally what you're making your customers go through if you're putting paid ads that are over-designed and talk about your product. So you don't want to do that as a brand. You want to establish mm. a connection first. And when, when they like and trust you, they'll, they'll buy just people are smart. They'll be able to find a way through and you can talk about your product. And when I was running Video Ask um, and the YouTube channel at Video Ask, we'd, we'd talk about Video Ask all the time, but for, like not to flex or say how good it is, just teaching people how to use it <laughs> and, mm. and, and what the amazing things they could do with it. And pe guess what? People were buying it <laughs> because it was a good product, right? So that's to me the big the shift of mindset and if you're gonna talk about your product just do it in a way that's like valuable for people if you're gonna talk about your product just like make it entertaining make it really valuable um just format it in a way that um feels relatable so some ads that pop in they're like always like shot with your phone for example so it doesn't come across as you know the signaling you were talking about doesn't trigger all the alarms right um, mm -hmm. and maybe like use, be native to the platform. That's the best thing. So for example, mm -hmm. if you're doing TikTok ads or you're paying for exposure on TikTok or on Instagram, well, maybe consider instead of like adding your beautiful brand design who nobody gives a shit of, um, how about using the native language of the platform? So how about like this ugly, um, <laughs> lettering <laughs> that like this platform provide yes it's ugly but we're not there to like look cool we're there to connect so you'll have the moment where they go to their website they're like oh my god this is so cool yes it is because it's a good product but that's the moment not the first touch point from the whole journey does that make sense mm. yeah what's interesting to me is what you said about like um having these these really shiny polished moments but on the touch points that you own or you know at least further down the funnel like let's say mm. beautiful trailer on your website but what it's about social media and showing up on these channels it's really about leveraging the language that's there and i think that's that's that that totally makes sense i mean that's how it should be and it's it's probably why it's sometimes so annoying when you're you know, going to your Instagram stories and you're seeing your friends and people you look up to doing stuff. And then all of a sudden there's like this super slick, uh, I don't know, <laughs> shot, shot of a mountain. And you're like, get out of here. <laughs> it's the thing, man. I'm like, we all do that. Yet we go to our jobs on Monday and we're like, oh yeah, this paid ad campaign. Boom. We do the same exact thing. We were swiping through like crazy over the weekend. And that's to yeah. me the mind blowing thing. And it's, you know, the reason why I think this happens, it's a, it's a risk um, assessment situation where people are not they have it's this ego thing where like the brand needs to be perfect this old mentality that the brand needs to be perfect and polished and you know like shiny all the time but we don't buy this we like we know perfection doesn't exist it only exists in nature 
so unless you're like selling a lake, you don't, you're not allowed to do that, right? If you're selling a service product, there's going to be flaws and it's okay. And people prefer that you're straight, like honest with them because brand branding is all about trust and honesty and familiarity are the things that build trust and, um, consideration builds a lot of trust. So if you're dishonest, people think you're this disconsiderate and so people will not trust you and if they don't trust you guess what they're not going to buy from you so it's just like trying to like adjust these um faders i, I look at them as like faders on a mixing mm -hmm. table um and all right so i guess you asked me before about skills and um the uh how to work with creators or how to actually yep. transition in-house right yes all right, there's many ways to do that. Um, the easiest would be find a creator that um, you think they're good at what they do. And by good, I mean they have a little audience that's like, um, that's consistent and that's engaged with what they do. And if they're on, their, on your niche, great. Um, don't get someone that's like on a totally different opposite niche that has nothing to do with what you do because they're going to have hmm. a challenging time understanding your industry. But they don't need to be like promoting your exact same product, but just understand hmm. being in the same similar space. And so you want to find a creator that's anywhere between, my rule of thumb is anywhere in between like 10 and like 50,000 um, followers. Um because that means that they are they have validated skills that they've been able to grow an audience and create like mm -hmm. engaging content, um, but they're not big enough that they have already become a brand and now you're hiring them for the reach. If you are looking for reach, then we're talking about influencer marketing. That to me is a separate thing. Mm -hmm. um, when you're doing creator advertisement, what you want or creative creatives is basically is just work with a creator that understands um, the platforms you want to grow on and uh, mm -hmm. and just listen to them. Don't just listen to them. Tell them this is my brand. This is what this brand is about. This is our the people we that gets the most value out of what we serve. Um, and they need to listen to you on that. But you need to listen to them on how to package that, and just give them freedom to do whatever they want. And don't buy a single piece of content. So mm -hmm. traditional advertisement would be like, oh yeah, we'll pay you like five hundred for a video. Like that's traditional mindset. Get out of there. Build a relationship. Be like, okay, we'll we'll do like a three months three month experiment, and maybe let's agree on like a number more or less of videos, just to have mm -hmm. like a like adjust expectations. But build a relationship with the creator because I'm gonna say that the very likely the first videos are not gonna do well. Yeah, because the creator will need to test and experiment and it's all about volume, right? So give them the time mm -hmm. so they can create the volume. And then when they, with this volume, you'll be able to look back and be like, oh my God, this actually worked. Let's do more of this. And that's how you actually start getting into that mindset. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, one thing I'm also wondering about, and, and, and this has to do again with this idea of signaling, you know, I mean, we're talking about creators as in actual people, actual faces that show up consistently. Do you think it's possible to do it as a brand without having, you know, one person to be the face of that? Or is that not, just not a good idea? This is a great question. I get these asked a lot of times. I think you can. Um, there's ways around 
the face. Like if you have mm -hmm. a mascot, Duolingo, they do this all the time, but they have mascot. So that's kind of like, um, that's kind of like cheating <laughs> in a way. Oh, uh, I love mascots. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I know. Um, so that's kind of like, that's actually having a face. It's just like the face of my, of my yeah. bed instead of. Um, but you can do it. You can do voiceovers and stuff like that. And I think actually that's a great way to start if you're building your own like personal brand. Some people are like, apprehensive about like showing themselves on camera or camera shy well you don't need to do that you can start with voiceover but guess what when you're like five ten videos in and you're putting in the work and you're seeing the results and you will want to test one video with a camera and when you see that that's that's way better you'll be like oh well, i guess it's worth it <laughs> and you'll get used to it and so i will say if you can have faces that's an advantage because we connect more with faces mm -hmm. so just do it Uh, and people are like, oh my God, but what happens if like, you know, um, the creator just charge me more, like they need to leave the brand, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's fine. Change the creator. <laughs> Nobody mm -hmm. cares. We're talking yeah. about brand awareness. So you're trying to reach people who don't know you yet. So they don't care if you had a different creator last week. Uh, it's good for the people who are following you. But you know, this, this happens in every single season on Netflix where like certain person like so the cast will charge you more and then uh, they died and now you replace them and then life goes on you know what i mean so i don't mm. see it as like a big like a downside i'm just it's part of the game and it's okay yeah it's it's really interesting like i can i can see a, a future where it's like to, today it's still i think mostly brands are hiring agencies to do creative stuff for them or sometimes you know in the, I'm, i'm working in a b2b space what we're seeing now is a lot of people hiring content agencies to do this hmm. you know organic yeah. content but what what i've like what you're hinting towards is that like let's say maybe in five years or ten years i don't know how far it is is that you'll just that brands will just go out and hire creators for a certain time. A hundred percent. Oh, way, way sooner than five years. Way yeah. sooner. I'm saying, I'm thinking one, two years. It's, yeah. it, this thing is here. And especially with Chad GPT. Yeah, it's happening already. With Chad GPT, how is that creative team going to look like in one year? Well, like, mm -hmm. what's the designer going to do? What's the copywriter going to do? You're still going to pay $100,000 every year for those professionals when you can have one using all these AI tools in one year or two, no way. Let's be real here. It's going to change. I honestly believe that the next big creative directors for big brands are going to be creators. I would not be surprised. It makes sense. The video and storytelling skills, and I, I know this is going to upset some people, but it's okay. It's just my opinion, okay? I'm not a Nostradamus or anything. Um, so <laughs> my opinion is that the next creative directors will be creators because the storytelling skill and the creator skills are far more valuable today and less replicatable with AI than traditional skills that have been used for advertising, like art direction, um, design, copywriting, all of that is great. But yeah, it's just like creator storytelling and stuff like that. It's way more useful. So I generally believe when I actually started that type form as a creative director, people were like nuts that I was doing that. I'm like, oh my God, you don't have a design degree. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. But building a brand is about stories. It's not about like moving pixels, right? And people were mind blown. Now today I say that it's obvious. 
But on the first conference, I had to make a point about this when I was giving keynotes on public conferences. People were like asking me about this. And now it's obvious. And I think this is just going to double down in the next few years with ChatGPT and all of that. So I'm like, think how your creative team will adapt to this technology and how it will the roles will change creator skills not i have not seen anyone talking about this um but creator skills are things like attention capturing engagement management retention partnerships collaborations like all these things no creative team knows how to do and analytics um understanding and processing content optimization. I've been running creative team with amazing professionals, great designers, great art directors, copywriters, great people. They don't know how to do that. <laughs> they don't know. Mm. The only reason why we were killing it with um, the video ask um, plat social platforms again, uh, versus type form is because I was doing the content and I had, not because I was better, I'm, not, I'm a very mediocre designer actually, but I, because I had my Instagram on my phone. So every post I would look at the analytics, tweak something, change it. No creative team does this. And I think that's mm. the main shift that will happen with in-house teams. And I, I see very few companies like anticipating this at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I can I can imagine teams like hiring, you know, people that are comfortable talking to a camera and being creative on, oh, on, yeah. on set instead of like, I think right now, I mean, even me, I'm working now in, in a team as a brand manager. I mean, I love working on this brand, thinking about IDs. But mm. I'm I'm not sure how comfortable I I would be, even though I you know I could consider myself a creator in my podcast. I'm not sure how comfortable I would be to just show up for that brand. <laughs> and so it's it's really interesting what you're saying that either the the people with the skills will get hired or the people that don't want to do it will have to change. So it's it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Maybe let's because we're at forty minutes. Maybe just one more thing I'd love to uh, dive mm -hmm. in is sure. uh, some examples. I mean. Obviously, you have the the well-known creators, Mr. Beast, but uh, maybe some brands that are doing good stuff in this space. Um, yeah, so I have a few. Um, there's, for example, Poppy. It's a drink in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, it's it started as a like a, like some sort of like healthy soda. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, they're, they partner with JT Barnett, who's great. Like you should follow him, um, for a strategy, a TikTok strategy. Mm -hmm. And they had like one piece blew up, um, and sold out all stock overnight. That to me is like a crazy story. I think the video has now like 50 million views and she did it on her like living room or something. It's insane. <laughs> and so she, and so for everyone saying, oh, but TikTok doesn't convert mm, wrong. Uh, it does convert. And so. I think one, this would be an example. I think um, Duolingo is doing a great job also on TikTok. My mm. favorite example of them all is Nothing. I don't know if you heard about Nothing, the phone company. Um, yeah, yeah, it rings a yeah. bell. So check it out on YouTube. I think they're uh, Nothing Technology. They're my favorite example because... They, their YouTube channel is the, the channel of a creator. It looks like the, the 
programs they have, the different type of content they do. They do reactions. They do everything, all the genres you would expect from YouTube, reactions, podcasts. Like, they do everything. Mm. They do giveaways, challenges. It's insane. Um, I'm a big fan of what they're doing, and they're a tech company. They do hmm. phones. <laughs> so to me, they're, the, to, in my opinion, the best. And they were like on YouTube. I think I've checked and one of his videos recently, and I think, don't, don't take me on that, but I think I saw an ad, which means they, they're monetized. If they mm-hmm. are monetized, that would be really interesting because that's a new revenue stream for you. There you yeah. go. Your marketing, which was uh, an advertisement was expense, now is a revenue stream. Welcome to <laughs> 2023. So this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sounds great. I think a lot of people will be like, okay, let's go monetize our YouTube. Probably monetize. not that easy, but... <laughs> you know what? The funny thing, the re- it's not easy. It's not easy. The one thing that um, I wanted to say before I forgot is you said it's true. The 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 time to takes to, it takes to build one of these channels, especially YouTube, it's a lot of time. Some creators say, like MrBeast took 10 years. Can we wait? Mm. And, like my brand might not be here in five years. Okay, I get that. The reason why this is so slow is because there's no YouTube school. There's no mm. accelerator program for brands to do this. So guess what? They need to figure out. Every single creator needs to figure out on their own. And there's ways to fast track this a little bit. Um, but it's not slow because it takes time to build community, which is what I heard all the time. It doesn't mm. take time to build community. It takes time to learn how to do good content. It's <laughs> like any other skill, right? Playing the piano. Like it, it took me 10 years to learn how to play the piano. Now I can play the freaking like soundtracks and stuff like that. But it didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't do this year one. It's the same thing with YouTube. It's a completely different skill. Engagement, creating engagement, uh, engaging content. It's a totally different skill that we're all learning and we're trying to figure out on our own. Plus, the platforms are changing, so we're adapting. So, of course, it takes a lot of time. Now, I was talking with Chris Doe um, uh, from the future one day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Chris, um, do you think if... Um, I think it was on the last video I did. I think, actually, that's recorded. Um, but I don't remember. Anyways, um, I said, Chris, do you think if you had to build a YouTube channel from scratch with everything today, everything that you know, it would take you the five, eight years that it's it's took you to it took you to put you know the future to the level that it is. He said no, and he said we actually have proof of that. Matthew and Zina, um, who knew was the chief content um, officer of the future, started his own channel and he blew up like really quickly. Yeah. If you crack the code and you understand, it's it's pure mathematics because the algorithms are not a irrational logic, secret logic that nobody can figure out. It's actually the most precise thing. It's an algorithm. It works the same way every time, but we cannot leverage it because we don't know the formula. If we knew the formula, we'll, be go, <laughs> we'll go viral every single piece of content. Makes sense? So this is to me, is like, if you can fast track this learning curve, you can get ahead of time and get the benefits way, way earlier. Awesome. I mean... Uh, first off, <laughs> thank you so much for all the energy you brought. I think it's a, it's a very you know a very exciting topic, uh, and I think people want to go gonna learn more. So maybe uh, just quickly plug where people can get in touch with you, follow your content. Yeah, so YouTube is where I'm putting all my effort right now. 
at Alex Antolino. So YouTube, find me there. I'm posting, like I'm gonna start posting every week and all the things that I talk about are gonna be there. So that's where you can find me. If you wanna chat with me, or like you can DM me on Instagram at Antolino without the Alex. So Instagram at Antolino, YouTube for the content at Alex Antolino. Epic. Thank you so much, Alex. Man, Steph, thanks so much for having me. Um, I know I'm a talker, but I really enjoyed <laughs> this. So thanks for, for the space and for your critical questions. And I loved it. Thanks so much for having me. All right. That was it for this episode. I really enjoy um, exploring these you know, new frontiers of marketing and branding, such as community building and creator economy. So let me know if you feel the same about it. Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in learning more about brand strategy and research and stuff like that, you can visit branding.courses. And if you use the code LTB podcast, you'll get a 20% discount. That's branding.courses and LTB podcast. See you the next show.